reading from the book of Genesis chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, and then continuing with chapter 3. The Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to till it and keep it. And the Lord commanded the man, You may freely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall die. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other wild angel animal that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God say you shall not eat from any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the garden, nor shall you touch it, or you shall die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened. And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths for themselves. The Word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. We hear now of Jesus' temptation. And I want to plant a bug in your ear. What we are hearing is a temptation to a shortcut to bypass the cross. Reading from the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 4, beginning with verse 1. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted forty days and forty nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, one does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, And on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, 
Worship the Lord your God and serve only Him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. The Word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks Thanks be be to God. You may be seated. I saw a bumper sticker one time that actually made me laugh. You know, those are getting a little scarce these days, aren't they? Most bumper stickers are designed to make the person behind you mad or just be a smart aleck about something. But this one legitimately made me laugh. And it said, Do not lead me to temptation. I can find it all by myself. And I thought, man, isn't that the truth? But what if really what's happening isn't that we're finding it, that it's, it's finding us? Do you ever feel that way? The temptation of Eve and the temptation of Jesus give us insight into what manner of things we may find ourselves tempted by. To a person, we would probably agree that sin destroys the will and purpose, or sin is disobeying the will and purpose of God. Y'all with me? Sin is disobeying the will and purpose of God. And it destroys relationships. Is that true? We probably all have had experience with that. Either a sin that you have committed or one that someone has committed against you has broken a relationship that you cherished. We've done harm to someone or even ourselves. Because we were distracted by something or idea that at the time seemed to be good a delight to the eyes, or desirous for wisdom. In my experience, temptation does not come in unattractive packages. It's always seemed to me that temptations placed in my life were directly related to some sense of lack in my life that I was experiencing at that time. Something felt incomplete. I see that in Eve's struggle with the serpent, even though the plainly stated consequence of death has been spoken to her by God. According to the text, God said, You may freely eat of every tree in the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day you eat of it you shall what? And yet she looked at it and said, It looks pretty good. Doctors know that pain. They tell us not to eat a pepperoni pizza. And what happens when one is in front of you? Need a napkin and you hadn't even eaten anything yet. We are tempted with things that look good, that delight our eyes, and seem desirous for filling lack in our lives. So the serpent, being crafty, twists God's command. He plants doubt in Eve's mind. Did God say? Or if you remember it in the King James, it sounds even more sinister. Hath God said? Did God say you shall not eat from any tree in the garden? And he turns 
Eve's gaze toward what she lacks. He turns her thought to a tree that she has been denied. This question obviously expects a no for its answer, but the question is asked for the purpose of drawing her attention. Her gaze and her desire toward the one tree that she is not permitted to eat. Why? I think so that she will be forced to ask, why can I not have it? This is the worst kind of lack. Lack that we sense that something has been held away from us. The created sense of not having something, but simply because someone else decided that we can't have it. You've all experienced that when your mama put the cookie jar on top of the refrigerator and told you you couldn't have one before dinner. Have you not? Or when your parents told you, don't touch the stove, it's hot. What did you do? I almost killed myself one time playing with an outlet because my mama told me, don't mess with the outlet while the vacuum cleaner's plugged in. But what did I do? Why? Why can I not have it? And then, this breathes that age-old response from the mouth of the teenager, who made you boss? Did God say? Eve replies, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit that it, tree that is in the middle of the garden. And her gaze has been turned. And her wonder has turned to asking, why can I not have it? That tree is indistinguishable except for God saying no cookie before dinner. 399,000 other trees she could have eaten from. But this one has been denied to her and the serpent has caused her to see the tree is something she is being deprived of rather than something she is being protected from. Would anyone disagree with me that life in this world would be better if human beings didn't know evil? Anybody? Would life here be better if all we knew was good? I think so. So the serpent jumps into the opening with wise words. You will not really die for God just knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and then you'll be like God. Knowing good and evil. She has been shown what she lacks. What is incomplete in her. Though according to God, she had all she needed. What did God say when it was all completed? It was what? Very what? Very good, including her and her life and all of her opportunities and experiences that would be before her were intended for her to be very good. She lacked nothing, but she had been convinced that she lacked through temptation. All that was necessary for human flourishing was already in her grasp, including the tree of life that she could take and eat from and live forever. But the thing that God had given her a command to protect her from 
had become something that she felt deprived of. And like a child, she wondered, who made you boss? She was not like God. She was created in God's image for relationship with God and for the purpose of an admittedly different but similar outcome. That's the wrong page. Don't y'all hate that when that happens to me? Y'all better hope I find page three. It ain't in there. Oh my Lord. Oh, wait a minute. Let's start, let's back up. This is why I don't like using these, but I didn't feel comfortable today without it. So this is why I don't do this, in case anybody's wondering. She was not like God. She was created in God's image for the relationship with God and for the purpose of reflecting God's glory in the world. That's what that image is. An image is a reflection of light. That's all it is. To reflect the glory of God in the world was her purpose. But she didn't know both good and evil, so she felt like she lacked something, that her life was incomplete. So in that state of lack, she looked at the tree again as if looking at it for the first time, and she sees that it was good for food, that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise. It would make her like God. That sounds like... Human beings buy stuff marketing 101, doesn't it? It's good. It's a delight to the eyes. It's desirous for your status so that you can look important in the world. Kind of wonder if maybe that's the brand marketing strategy for Bentleys. Now, if you ask me why the tree was there in the first place, my answer would be that God gave them the opportunity to honor God through obedience, which we also call worship. But obedience is the key word. Temptations will always strike at our obedience to the decrees of God. Temptations will always strike at the ways of God that are intended to give us life, not restrict us from having fun. Unfortunately, like so many toddlers, after she disobeyed her parent, climbed to the top of the refrigerator and took the cookie anyway, she took what was withheld. Because temptation dictates that we lack whatever is offered to us. And that that temptation, if we give in to it, will make our life complete. Temptation always holds before us things that are good, delightful to the eyes, and desirous of the heart. Always. So it was with our Lord as He endured the temptations of the devil in the wilderness. Jesus is led to the wilderness by the Holy Spirit to be tempted or tested. The Greek word means the same. He's being tested by God and tempted by the devil. For the purpose of God. He's being tempted by the devil to abandon the purposes of God for an admittedly different but similar outcome that he was ruled as king over all things. But with one notable exception, he would have fallen on his face before the devil and worshipped him. 
In some sense, this is what his and our ancestor Eve did. She was tempted out of her purpose of reflecting the glory of God through disobedience. Jesus, the true Son of God, faces that same temptation to deny who He is by trying to prove who He is. As if there is something lacking in the purpose for which He has been sent into the world. He's fasted 40 days. Do you think bread would be good after you fasted 40 days? Would it be delightful? Would it be desirous at that point? Why not turn a stone into bread? He would be using His powers for too small of a work, satisfying His own hunger. And worst of all, He would be using His identity simply for Himself. Bread is good, but not when it comes at the cost of abandoning who He is. If you are famished, bread seems both good Delightful and desirous. But so is obedience to God. And so then the devil takes Jesus to the highest point of the temple. And that serpent casts doubt into his mind the same as he would try to cast it into Eve's mind. says, if you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For the Bible says that the Lord will send angels to catch you. If, if you are the Son of God. And so Jesus says, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. We can take that as if He was affirming God's purpose for Him, but you can also take that as understanding that He understands who He is. That He is God incarnate before the serpent. And the serpent must not put God to the test. And that's exactly what Eve did as she pressed her tongue against the skin of that fruit and pushed her teeth into its flesh. She tested God's command. Jesus has not come for the purpose of testing God. But the devil is inviting Jesus into disobedience. Into the mystery of of lack of trust in God. That, dear ones, is where temptation leads. Losing your trust in God. And then lastly, the temptation that we might most understand in a world that says the ends just the means justify or excuse me, the ends justify the means, right? That is the moral ethic of the postmodern world. If there is an outcome you want, you do whatever you get to get it. And so Jesus is tempted with a shortcut. He can take the easy way to being King of kings and Lord of lords. And again, this is something that would seem good. It would certainly seem delightful to get to skip the cross. It would certainly seem desirous. Even so much that in the garden he asked for that very thing, that God would take that cup away from him. But Jesus will be made Lord over all. 
And it will not come from laying himself down at the feet of the devil. It will come from laying himself on the cross in perfect obedience to the Father. And so he says, get behind me, Satan. You shall worship the Lord your God and you shall serve him only. Jesus does not respond to the devil's efforts to get him to prove who he is because he is the true Son of God. And this is why the devil abandons his guise of saying, if you're the Son of God, prove it, and strikes at his very mission to deliver us from the kingdom of the devil. He tempts Jesus to achieve the kingdom by easier means. Like Eve, Jesus is tempted with things and promises which may seem good, delightful, and desirous. But when they come as tempting to disobey the purposes of God, they are nothing more than the offered hand of death once more. Sin. In the garden, the focus is on whether God has hidden something from Eve that should rightly be hers. In the wilderness, the focus is on the identity of Jesus as the Son of God. Jesus resisted to glorify God. He resisted for us. He does not have to prove that He is the Son of God. He is the Son of God. The devil comes to him with seemingly good, delightful, and desirous ends, but Jesus rejects the means because they do not honor God. Jesus is tempted to use his power other than worshiping or glorifying God. He will receive an eternal kingdom above all others, but will come through obedience. So says the writer of the book of Hebrews, we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. We do not have a high priest who doesn't understand what it's like to hold, have someone hold something before you that meets exactly the weakness that is in you at that moment and tempt you to walk away from the Lord your God and turn your back on goodness and life. Jesus knows that feeling. Jesus knows what it is probably to think, well, if only a little bit, it won't matter. Jesus has been tempted in every way we have, he goes on, in every respect with things that are good and delightful and desirous. He has held things out to him that are beautiful and yet he was without sin. Jesus shows us that obedience to God and glorifying God with our lives are the greater good, that they are the greater delight, and that they are the greater thing to desire. If we are in Christ, there is nothing we lack. We have all that we need. But temptation will come. And when we face it to satisfy our desires and curb whatever lack has been whispered into our heart, let us remember Christ. And remember the advice of the writer of Hebrews who said, when that comes to you, 
Come to the throne of grace with boldness. There is help for you in your time of need because your Lord understands what it's like to be drawn away from the goodness of God. In your hour of weakest need. And to have the devil tempt you with hopelessness. An action to curb your own desires. We will receive grace and mercy to keep us from falling into disobedience. The Son of God knows our struggle. And for that I say, may Christ be praised. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.